0: to another episode of Motor City Bets. I'm Trevor with our co-host here, Josh. Josh, how are you doing tonight, sir?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Trevor. I'm very excited to hop into today's episode. How are you doing, my friend?
0: Man, I'm doing pretty fantastic. I'm going to be up north this weekend for a little R and R after obviously the holiday break. So um, within two weeks, I need a little bit more vacation time. So never, never too bad. I'm pretty excited with the NHL starting. We got an NFL divisional playoffs, we got a little bit of college football recap. And we're gonna we're gonna try and give you guys a couple good picks for the weekend. Um, before we get started, though, I do think it's important to say that if you have a gambling problem, please reach out to one eight hundred Gambler. And please remember that Josh and I are nowhere near close to professionals. Our gambling picks are just that—they're their picks. It's an opinion. Please bet on your own. Regards and bet within your own means. So, Josh, let's start by talking about the college football recap. <laughs> Colt, like, just immediately. No thoughts, Josh. Give me, give me your your hot opinions on the college football recap that happened.
1: Well, Trevor, I have to say I was incredibly impressed with the Alabama
0: football team. Impressed with the Alabama football team, really. Okay, especially
1: the Alabama offense specifically. Really, Devonte Smith is one of the most electric wide receivers that I have ever seen in college football history. And I've watched a lot of college football. I don't know exactly where he's going to fall when it comes to the NFL draft come May. But that Alabama offense led by Mac Jones at quarterback, Jalen Waddle, who did return for the game, which was good to see. And star running back Najee Harris. They carried that team into the college football playoff and throughout the course of the season. I was very impressed also with the Alabama defense. They were able to make big plays when they had to. On the other side of the ball, Ohio state Justin Fields did not have as good of a game as he did against Clemson in the semifinals. However, It's Alabama, Nick Saban, Trevor. I I don't really know what else there is to
0: say. Well, Josh, I think I'm going to take the time right now. I'm going to shit completely all over that take. (laughs) I all right. Well, let me just backtrack, I guess, for one one quick second here. So I I had the I I did two things in this game, and I I kind of like rolled with my own take here, where you take the money line plus the over. That hasn't hit for me one fucking time this entire year. Before I got, I'm not gonna foreshadow too much, but when we get to the NFL divisional pre- preview here, I have a lot of underdog money line plus the over. I fucking love that bet. The odds are unreal, and if it ever hits, I'm gonna feel great. Side note over with. I took that, but I also had a little safety pick where I took the over plus Alabama to cover. So regardless here, I didn't really care what happened because I I was covered. I had, I had my own bet. I was safe as long as the over hit, which I knew that it would, and it did. Uh, one of the few games where the over felt completely safe at the end of the first quarter, I, I was fine. And that being said, I think that this Alabama team is a bastardization to what college football is. I fucking hate it. I hate, I hate, I hate the N can't even say the league. The NCAA playoffs for football pissed me off. They pissed me off so much I couldn't even remember what fucking league I was agitated with. The fact that Alabama has been here at least once every three years is so fucking mind-numbingly annoying to me. They like, does the Pac-12 exist? Has there been a, back, a Pac-12 team outside of maybe Oregon? that's ever been remotely close to coming to the college football playoffs. I mean, this is essentially the Alabama, Alabama versus the rest of the country playoffs. I mean, to be fair and not to completely strong your take, Devontae Smith is really good. Mac Jones is a proficient quarterback and Nick Saban's a fantastic coach. Everything that Alabama did, I'm not shooting on on the way Alabama executed. I mean, they're doing their part within their system, within the current setup of rules. But like, I don't want to watch a college fucking basketball game during a college football game, give me some fucking defense. There's no defense at all being played in the NCAA. And there's no point to prioritize defense because this type of shit happens. I mean, it's fucking bullshit. Uh, and that's just, you know, I'm a little heated, you know, I Coming take. from you know, you and I come from big 10 perspectives. And I mean, the Ohio state, they're not a representation of true Big Ten football. A true Big Ten football has more punts than first downs, and I think that that's just kind of leaving college football right now. And that that's what's irritating to me a little bit. Um, Josh, I mean, like Josh, what do you? Like, am I am I out of fucking line here? Like, what's going? Like, try try and rein me in a little bit. Disprove me, please, sir.
1: Uh, I I can't disagree with what you're saying. Alabama has been one of the most dominant football programs over the last 15 to 20 years and to see year in year out basically nick saban put together a team of incredible athletes and you know it just goes to show to me what an incredible coach nick saban is you know i I do i do agree with some of your points big 10 football there's more punts than first downs that's that's for damn sure I am encouraged and optimistic to kind of see how Mel Tucker recruits and how that translates to here in East Lansing because he does have a lot of SEC ties. He was the defensive coordinator while at Georgia. I'm hoping he can bring some of that SEC recruiting tenacity, you know, explosiveness to the Big Ten and hopefully get Michigan State back into the college football playoff. I don't know how long that's going to take. But to me, Trevor, it's hard to ignore greatness and Nick Saban having seven national championships, as much as that pisses you off. And as much as it, 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 I understand where you're coming from in the perspective of not being focused on that game. I mean, how I was checked out of that game by, I think the going into the fourth quarter, I ended up throwing on a movie it it was a little discouraging to see, but I think it's, unfortunately, it's the way college football is. And to me, if it's not Alabama and Clemson right now, you're not really going to have a competitive game. That's no discredit to Ohio State. I'm very happy that they were there representing the Big Ten Conference. I think that's one thing that the Big Ten Conference really needs is someone to compete with these high programs, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Georgia. I don't know, moving forward, if there's going to be a lot of change unless we see an expansion to the college football playoff, but that's a totally different topic that we can get into, you know, in, in later podcasts. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts here, Trevor?
0: Yeah, I do think that uh, that you and I are going to have to fix the college football playoffs at some point. That's, that's definitely a, a late into the offseason kind of sitting around a campfire type vibe type conversation. So I, I do agree with you for saving that for another time. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, we are a gambling first podcast here. And from a gambler's perspective, uh, when the line said 75 and nine out of the last 10 college football championship games have gone over. The only time it didn't go over in the past 10 games was the only other time the line was set over 70 points. Uh, You kind of have to dabble with the over 75 line. like, it's just, it's teasing you a little too much. And I took it and I think that that was the right move. I'm very proud of that. Very happy for my charisma to stand up to the face of adversity there and believe in the over to hit. I just think it's a problem that 75 points were scored in a championship game. I would love to see defense. I'm a defensive minded player first. Defense, defense, defense. I was raised with the idiom that defense wins championships. Defense, amen. Defense leads to offense. And like that's just not happening right now. But like I said, we can table our discussion on how to make the NFL a little bit better later, or the NCAA, <laughs> Christ, the NCAA a little bit better, a little bit later on uh let's let's move on here josh so as you and i are aware we have some pretty contested football contests coming up here i'm going to go ahead and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell everybody what they are it's the divisional rounds to the playoffs we get a chance to see the top seed from the nfc and the top seed from the afc play this weekend i thought the wild card weekend was pretty fantastic um and I have some bets that are going to go over this. Josh, Wall, everything is loading here, before we read off any matchups, do you have any any bets this weekend? I,
1: I do. I happen to have a... Uh, unfortunately, at this time, we're still waiting for the official launch of online gambling here in the state of Michigan. However, I would love to give everyone a little bit of a forecast... And you know what, I'll just, I'll, I'll give it all to them. Okay. Uh, my, my, my lock of the week. Now, this is a seven bet parlay.
0: A seven bet parlay is your lock of the week. The lock. this bet's not going to miss a seven bet parlay. Seven legs to this parlay is the lock. All right. I respect the confidence, sir. I respect the, you, sir, are a true gentleman and a scholar. I, I just let's hear it, sir. Let us hear it.
2: Before
1: before, I know you're thinking, Sedibets. good Lord, that's a lot. That's that, there's a lot on the line that you got to wait for. I did move the line and the over and the under in some of these games. Okay. So here we go. Starting with the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills, I moved the over to 48 points. I then have the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. I moved the point spread to Cleveland plus 17. I then moved to the Rams and Packers. I have the LA Rams plus seven. I have the over for the Rams and the Packers at over 40. The Bucks and Saints, I have plus 10. I moved that for the Buccaneers. And lastly, I have the Bucks and Saints over 45 and a half, and I moved that as well. So hypothetically speaking, if I were to officially have placed this bet, I would have thrown down
2: $30
1: to win a very nice and lucrative
0: Well, you know what, Josh, I got to be honest. Um, When you first said seven leg parlay, I, uh, as everyone heard, kind of was stunned in disbelief. But every single bet you read there, like I kind of, like I was, I was, I was buying it a little bit more as, as the bets continued on there. So like, I, mm, I, I can't personally give it the lock of the week from my perspective, but like that seems pretty doable. And those odds are pretty good. I mean, $30. I mean, Christ, if that hits, it's not too bad. Oh. Uh be- before we get into our, our, our breakdown here, which we will, I'm going to go ahead and give out my bets. I have, I have some. So like I said, I am addicted to same game parlays, especially when you had the underdog in the over. So I think it makes sense to start with the Cleveland Browns, Versus the Kansas City Chiefs, over 57 points plus money line Browns. You know, the Browns have gotten a lot. We'll talk about this in a second here, but the Browns have gotten a lot of disrespect, and Baker Mayfield's hot as hell. So let's roll with him. Next up, I have the over for the LA Rams versus the Packers. That line set at 45.5. I also took the Rams point spread. I didn't believe in the Rams last week, but, you know, uh, me in the ass. <laughs> that, that screwed me over. Uh moving on here I have the Bills money line plus the Saints money line and then finally I have a who I hope wins <laughs> parlay which is always a little risky I never recommend doing who you hope wins because that just it hurts you when you lose inevitably and it hurts you even more because of the teams you want to win but regardless you know sometimes you got you got to look adversity in the face and just say not today so I took the Bills money line <laughs> Sadly, I took the Chiefs' money line in this. I took the Packers' money line, and I took the Saints' money line. So I guess this is more of who I think is going to win, not necessarily who I want to win. Uh, Josh, let's... I don't want to spend too much time talking about my best because I'm really unsure about them. Uh, <laughs> tune in next week and you guys can hear me be really confident about how fantastic of a gambler I am or how just disheveled I am because I'm terrible. I'm currently getting eaten alive in the NHL, but we'll get to that in a little bit later. So, Josh, let's, let's give this preview here. So first up, we have the NFC champion Packers versus the Rams. The Rams are underdogs last week against Seattle. Now they have to travel to Lambeau in January and face up against the Packers. What is your prediction for this game, sir? How do you how do you think it's gonna look?
1: You said two keywords to me that kind of give this game away. Lambeau and the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to go into Lambeau and win. Let alone during the cold. Uh, I'm looking here at the weather forecast for that game, and it's going to be roughly 35 degrees. That's cold.
0: It's it's football weather.
1: It is football weather. LA is not used to playing in that kind of weather. Nope. No, they're not. I'm still not sold. On the Rams offense, especially with Jared Jared,
0: Goff. Jared Goff got named starter today. He said he was healthy, so that does that does change things because Jared Goff can throw the football pretty decently. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you people that Jared Goff is the best quarterback in the league, but he is pretty proficient, and Sean McVay is a very smart coach. He is. And Sean McVay's brain honestly scares me a little bit, which is why I took the Rams point spread here at six and a half. I think that's a pretty decent value. I mean, Sean McVay, he's so smart. Like, it's like, do you want to bet against someone who's not as smart as Sean McVay? Like, I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like. like I, I'm not smart enough to bet against Sean McVay, so I have to roll with him. I rolled against him last week. I bet with Pete Carroll and the fucking Seahawks. Russell Wilson laid an egg. They look terrible. And you know what? This is the me apologizing to the LA Rams. Like, you know what? You guys proved me wrong last week. I'm going to roll with you guys this week. I promise you guys it has nothing to do with my hatred for Green Bay or my hatred of Aaron Rodgers. None of that, none of that plays into it at all. I'm being completely objective here no hatred plays into this factor at all.
1: That, that's that's totally fair there, Trevor. You know, I just, as much as the Rams defense can be scary and intimidating, one matchup I think is going to be very, very crucial is the matchup between cornerback Jalen Ramsey of the Rams and probably one of the best. Best fantasy wide receivers this year in Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. It'll be really interesting to see how much of a, I guess, problem Jalen Ramsey can be for the Green Bay Packers and specifically Devontae Adams. Jalen Ramsey did a great job last week of locking up DK Metcalf. He did. I don't know if it'll be enough. I think the run game between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams is going to be helpful. But then again, on the defensive line for the Rams, you've got Aaron Donald. Right. There's just a lot that can go kind of either way. But when you are going up against the MVP of this league, it's it's kind of hard to bet against him. And that's why, you know, I just, I see, I see this being a close game, especially due to that Rams tenacious defense. I think they are going to be able to get after Aaron Rodgers a little bit, but that man is so good outside of the pocket scrambling and all that good stuff. So,
0: all right, Josh, I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, Rams, Packers, who are you taking? Packers. Taking the Packers. All right. I also take the Packers. Are the Rams covering that six and a half point spread? I'm going to take the point spread. Yeah, I I think it'll be closed. So you think Rams cover as well? I do think the range cover. Correct. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Let's uh, let's move on here to the Ravens versus Buffalo. So immediately here you have, I think, kind of a, kind of a, an important contest here. You have two guys in the same draft class in Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They're going up against each other. You're coming off of Lamar Jackson's first ever playoff win. I mean, he did win the MVP last year. No one, I don't think anyone's taking his credit away from that. My concern when it comes to Lamar Jackson is I'm not sure that he has the ability to throw the ball at the same level. (laughs) I mean, I'm actually confident he can't throw the ball as well as Josh Allen. How much does that matter in today's NFL? I'm not hundred percent sure. No one in the NFL today scrambles as well as Lamar Jackson. And I do think that that is something that needs to be said. However, Lamar has no targets at receiver. And in my opinion, at least to go far in the playoffs, you need to have a good combination of scramble ability and also ability to pass the ball. Uh, and I think that the perfect quarterback that fits that description is sitting on exactly across the ball from the Baltimore Ravens and Josh Allen. Um I think that he perfectly embodies the very city of Baltimore. He he is everything that Baltimore is to me, and you know what? Baltimore is just having they're having fun, uh, and I think that that's something that the Ravens. I think the Ravens are coming in a little bit stressed, you know, based off what I'm seeing. A little bit, they seem like they have to win. Like, oh my God, I have the MVP. Like, we have to win. We have to win. We have to win. We. I think John Harbaugh. Like, we're so good, and the Bills yeah, are just I think happy you're talking about.
1: Trevor, I think you're talking about the Bills and all the excitement that is coming from from them, and not the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, this is this is a little bit of a toss-up game for me because the Baltimore Ravens have the number one rushing attack, you know, with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram. That's that's a that's a very nice. Trio of running backs that you can go to. J.K. Dobbins has really progressed nicely this year. I do like the Bills a lot here. You know, Josh Allen—he's he's continuing and continuing to improve and show us just what what a great quarterback he can be in this. Well, league. Josh
0: Allen and Stefan Diggs was a match, literally designed in an NFL factory. Those two guys put together are, are perfect compliments. I fucking love, that was a beautiful trade by the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, both, both teams won in that trade. The, the Buffalo Bills walked away with the number one, uh, the, the, the leader in the NFL and receptions and receiving yards. And the Minnesota Vikings walked away with a, a not so bad pick in, in Justin Jefferson who had, he's going to um, be pretty good. He, he is. He had a phenomenal rookie season for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. I, I think, the inconsistencies of Lamar Jackson throwing the ball are going to make it difficult for the Baltimore Ravens to kind of overcome the high powered offense, of, like the ability of the, of the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah. Kind of going off that, Josh, I, I, I hate to interrupt you. I'm not trying to at all year, but I think that what you just said is exactly the point. If the Ravens go down early in this game, I am not convinced that Lamar can throw them back out of it. Whereas Mm -hmm. if the Ravens take an early lead, uh, you know, maybe it's 10-0 at the end of the first quarter. Ravens, someone along those lines. I have full faith in Josh Allen to find a way to to break that game open. Um, I think Lamar can break that open with his legs, but the problem with running the ball is it takes time. If you Agreed. have a short amount of time, I think Josh Allen is the guy that you need to turn to. And I think that both these defenses are so good that they kind of cancel each other out.
1: Yeah, so, no, I would, I would definitely have to agree with that.
0: Kind of with that, then I'm, I'm gonna take the Bills. The line here is two and a half. I'm also taking the Bills to cover. <laughs> what say you, Josh?
1: You know, in, in my lock parlay, I got the, uh, I've got the Ravens plus fourteen. I think that that would obviously cover but based on, you know, the line of two and a half, uh, I would have to take, uh, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say the bills cover. I think they'll win by three. I think Baltimore does have a very good defense. You know, they've got good cornerbacks. They got Patrick Queen at linebacker, Clarence Campbell uh, on the defensive line. But I don't I just think there's gonna to be too much Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs for the Baltimore Ravens
0: to yep. to, to be able to handle. Last point I'm gonna make here on this game and let's move on to the next one up. I think that the Bills had a little bit of you know, first round jitters last week against the Colts. I think the Colts have an underrated defense. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, the Bills barely beat the Colts. They're somehow favorited. Like what? No, I think they're just a little, you know, they're a little overexcited skiing a little bit over their, their skis as it, as it were. And I think they're going to come and make a statement against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to settle a little bit because they got, you know, they got past that, that, you know, the weight on the shoulders of Lamar never having a playoff win. And I just don't, I don't see how the Ravens can fully pull this off. Now, that being said, let's move on to another AFC divisional round here in between the Browns and the Chiefs. (sighs) To me, this is the game of the weekend. Um, So far, so far. Baker Mayfield has been every single bit as much of a first overall first round pick, former Heisman winner success in college now having success in the NFL player that you can possibly draw up. That being said, I'm not sure he has it in him to continue on forever. I hope he does. I mean, it's very electric as a fan of the lions. I see a lot of myself and Browns fans and to see them have success You know, it almost feels a little bit like I'm having some success. So I want to see the Browns do well here. I really do. But you're going up against defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, who is fantastic. Their offense is unbelievably electric. And they have been dominant, just dominant in pretty much every game they've played this entire season. So, that being said, I am very – my compass is kind of spinning here because emotionally I'm leaning towards the Browns. But my brain's like, hey, dude, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, which then also then makes me want to take the Browns again because no one's going to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, right? That's what the narrative is. But then if anyone's going to beat them, it it has to probably be the Browns. Like, they're the only team that might, right? I don't know. What do you think, Josh? That was kind of confusing. Hopefully people followed that. Uh, Yeah. All right.
1: Let's see. I think it's about time that we really, really need to start putting some respect on the Browns. Mm -hmm. They've got a very good defense led by Miles Garrett. One of the game's best defensive ends. Baker Mayfield continues to, to prove the doubters wrong, which, it is always a fun sight to see. And obviously we love rooting for the underdogs here on the motor city, Bits podcast.
0: Yeah. So, Browns are our plus 10.
1: And if correct me if I'm wrong here, Trevor, but I believe out of all of last week's games, the saints were the only team to cover with a double digit. You're correct. Uh, There was a double digits. I believe they were plus 10. I believe they ended up winning by 11, even though that game was.
0: Yeah, that game was chaotic. But yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. That that plus 10 line is really kind of what scares me here because I think that Vegas might be overvaluing the Chiefs. I mean, the the whole rust versus rest thing, I think, is very important in the NFL. And like, yeah, the Chiefs are a young team, so they're not going to be as rusty. But the Browns are a young team, too. And I think ultimately, you know, the Browns have more to prove. Patrick Mahomes has proven that he's a he's a number one player in this league. And I think that Patrick Mahomes wins a shit ton more Super Bowls. You guys can quote that. Five years from now, he's going to win a shit ton more Super Bowls. But that doesn't start today. It doesn't start this weekend. And it doesn't start this year. 2020, and we don't need to dwell on it, has been a wild fucking year. And what makes more sense than to have the goddamn Cleveland Browns in the AFC Championship? It's it's cinderellically perfect. I think the Browns win here. I don't think they win by a lot, but I think they win here. Josh, what's your overall prediction on this game?
2: See,
1: I, I'm. I think the Chiefs are going to win here.
0: Do they cover? Do they they cover? Do they cover? Do they cover? Do they cover? Good teams Uh, cover, great teams win.
1: Great great point.
0: Um, I'm going to say, you know what? Minus 10, Josh.
1: Do they cover? I'm going to say they don't cover. I'm going to think, I I think the Browns are going to get, keep this game relatively close within two scores. And I think they're going to get a garbage time touchdown to, to get it within, you know, five to 10 points, five, five to nine points. And I think they're. I think the Browns will cover, but at the same time, there have been times. It's, you can't-
0: it's written, it's written on the official Motor City bets, picks notes up sheet. You already <laughs> said it. It's over. Moving on to the next game. All right. So I said the Browns, and the chiefs are the premier game of the weekend. And I'm not wrong. But I think that the premier, premier game of the weekend is actually the battle between the old men. We have Tom Brady, who's basically ancient at this time. He was playing before a lot of people were even born. And we have Drew Brees, who I honestly have no idea how old he is. He's just an old man. Like, he's just he's just been there. (sighs) These guys have every record ever between the two of them. And honestly, this is exactly who I wanted to see in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I thought the Saints, when they got absolutely boned about the refs on that bullshit pass interference call against, terrible. Yeah, it was just that was just terrible. But anyway, so now I'm finally getting the rematch that I deserved in my head. <laughs> uh, anybody who knows me knows I've been rolling the Saints all fucking all fucking year, and besides the game against the Jet or the Eagles, they have been They have been winning me money all year. That game against the Eagles cost me fucking a lot of money, but we don't need to talk about that because the Eagles are the Eagles and Philly's going to fuck me, so it's fine. That being said, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, two first-bout Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two best players to ever play the position. The edge here for me, I think, has to be the run game. And I think the run game is going to be absolutely dominated by Alvin Kamara. They did not use him that much last week against a bullshit game against the Bears. He's rested, and he is by far the best running back on the field. Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette. Um, uh, he's, he's good, but he's no Alvin Kamara. And I think the difference here in this game is going to be Alvin Kamara. I think the, the offenses of this, these two teams actually match up fairly decently. I, I do give the overall offensive edge to the Bucks. But I haven't seen the Bucks play as a team. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really impressed with all the talent on their offense. They, I mean, they got fucking barreled by the Saints a few weeks ago. I don't think the Saints fucked them as bad as they did back then. But I do think the Saints win. Josh, tell me why I'm wrong. It's, it's because of number
1: 12. Tom it, it, Brady. It's, it's tough it's Tom it's Tom Brady. I mean the the <sighs> this man is the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of in, in terms of winning. There's there's really nobody that you can
2: yeah, confidently,
1: confidently say matches up well with him. And I know the Buccaneers haven't looked great this year. They got absolutely curb stomped when they played earlier in the season. I believe that final score ended up thirty-one to three, thirty-three yep. to three, something like that. It was a it was a very, very ugly game. Saints very were dogs point. in that
0: game. I had them plus the under, <laughs> surprisingly. Oh, not yep. very like you, Trevor. No, it was rather rare. But it's for me.
1: It's it's hard to to go against Tom Brady and, and the Bucs.
0: See, Josh, let me just absolutely disagree with you. There, I think that your perception is TB12 wearing that navy blue and the red and the fucking Patriots logo on his head and Bill Belichick on the sidelines. I think actually, you know, camera zooms back into Bill Belichick on the sidelines. There, I don't think Bruce Arians has been using Tom Brady very well. And that might be a cold take. And if they end up dummying the Saints, people are going to turn back to this and be like, oh, is an idiot, which is, you know, not completely false. But I don't think that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady are on the same page. Not necessarily that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were ever on the same page. But I think that they both had a mutual respect in each other. And I don't think that that mutual respect is there between the two of them. Whereas Sean Payton... And Drew Brees have that chemistry. They have years. And I think, honestly, if this isn't a COVID-shortened season, we might be having a different conversation. I mean, the NFL played all their games, but they didn't have training camp and they didn't have the preseason. And I think with Tom Brady moving to a new system with all these new receivers and a new head coach, I think that that lack of early season prep is going to get absolutely spotlighted by the chemistry between Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Not to mention the Swiss utility knife in Taysom Hill. Like, who knows? He's going he's gonna to be a factor at some point. Who knows where, when, or how, but
2: exactly. he's going to be
0: there. Um, you know, I, I, let me just read you off the line here. I think that the Saints are three-point favorites in this game. And I think that's probably fair. This game's going to be close. I don't know if the Saints cover, but I do think the Saints... I'm taking Saints' money line. Josh, what are you doing?
1: Based on my lock parlay, I got the Buccaneers plus 10. Based off of people who are going to bet off of the official spread, I would go maybe... If you're looking to take New Orleans, I say you go you know what? Yeah, I say I say you go and you buy a half a point. Make it New Orleans minus two and a half in case they do end up covering and winning by three. That way you're able to put a little extra money in your pocket.
0: So you're saying Saints are gonna win and you're taking Saints minus two and a half ball point money or ball point spread.
1: No, I'm taking uh, you
0: on your what? official on your official record, Josh. What are we putting you down for, sir? What what can I what what are you ordering for lunch here, man? Ooh,
1: let's see. What am I gonna order? I'm gonna order up me a hot steaming dish of Buccaneers money line, baby.
0: You're taking the bucks and money line. I, I mean, That's hey, it. you know they thought Albert Einstein wasn't a hero when he was around. Maybe I feel like possibly I don't know, but that could work. That could work. <laughs> Who knows? Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I I'm excited to co- to check back in next week and see how we did. Hopefully, hopefully, in some strange world, we all win a lot of money. I don't know if that's going to happen, but like, let's hope. And I think with that, let's let's move on to the NHL. So. This week, the NHL came back, which was fantastic. For the first time, I thought the nature was finally returning. I saw birds chirping. The sun was shining. It was beautiful. However, our very own Detroit Red Wings, while they did make some waves and naming a captain finally and Dylan Larkin, who I think is absolutely the right guy for the job, they played their first game on Thursday night against the Hurricanes, and they looked pretty bad. Mm, they actually got shut out, so I don't even want to try and do the math for the amount of time it's been between the <laughs> Detroit Red Wings goal. So we're just gonna not we're gonna skip over that, and I'm gonna move right on to my overall predictions for the year. Josh, please feel free to chime in and you know just question my thought process. So, I'd love to. Let me explain a little bit how the NHL is working this year. They divided everything up into four new divisions. There's the North Division. Um, They also sold them out for sponsorships, but like we're not getting paid by those sponsors. So, they don't really matter to me. So, I'm going to call them by the names that I think they should be called and the names they're originally called by. So, like I said, four four new divisions. What they're going to do is the the first two rounds of the playoffs is going to be the the one seed versus the four seed and the two seed versus the three seed. And then the second round is going to be the two best seeds remaining. And then they're going to reseed after that for the third round. And eventually the Stanley Cup. So in the North Division, my top four teams are the Leafs. I have the Leafs winning which the North is all Canadian, so the Leafs are going to win. Oilers are going to come in second. The Canucks are going to come in third. The Jets are going to come in fourth. My team that's close but ends up barely missing is going to be Montreal. I think they're going to have a good year, but not a great year. Uh, we're going to probably talk a little bit more about the NHL a little bit later as the season starts to come underway. We're going to kind of do a little touch base to see how we're feeling. Moving over to the East, which is essentially—I mean—the <laughs> nice part about the NHL, re- redoing all these divisions—is it's all very, actually very geography-based. So the East is most of the Eastern Seaboard teams. My number one for that for that division is going to be the Caps. My number two is going to be the Flyers. I think the Caps and the Flyers are going to come really close. I do think the Caps have an edge though. I mean, anytime you have Alexander Ovechkin on your team, you have Alexander Ovechkin on your team. Man, he seems to be a stallion regardless of his age. So I I, I can't personally bet against him. Age is
1: just a number, Trevor, especially when it comes to Alexander Ovechkin.
0: Yes, the, the Russians are just built a little different. I don't know what they're doing over there. And I honestly don't know if I legally want to, but they're just better. Uh, number two of the flyers, like I said, number three I have the Bruins, the Bruins are kind of going through a little bit of a shape up here. You know, they shipped out their captain over the past, I think, nine years. in Zadino Char, who's actually on the caps now, which is kind of crazy to see him in a non Bruins jersey. They named Patrice Bergeron as a captain, which I think makes all the sense in the world. However, you know they also lost Tori Krug in the off season. They didn't really sign anybody that really stands out to me as a as a true impact player. So I don't think that they repeat in winning their division this year. But I do think that they have a little bit of, you know, they still have a lot of fire in their team. They're still very talented, and I think they end up coming in third, fourth. I think the Penguins. Uh, it was hard for me to rule out Sidney Crosby. Um, after watching the first few games of the season though, I immediately already kind of regret putting this into writing. I'm not sure the penguins have it in them. They're kind of trash, but you know, you don't pick off the first few games, you pick off the season. And I think that Sidney Crosby, he missed the playoffs technically last year, even though they were kind of in the playoffs before the season ended and they lost in the you know, in the bubble in the play in round. I don't know how that's gonna be counted long term in history, but it is technically a loss. Technically, Sidney Carlson is not in the playoffs. So I think that there's no way he doesn't bounce back this year. My barely missed team for the Eastern or Eastern Division is the Buffalo Sabres. You know, they added Taylor Hall in the offseason. They've kind of retooled. They've gone a little bit faster, a little bit heavier. And I think that some of their prospects, especially Rasmus Stalin, who was their first overall pick a few years ago, defenseman, he's only 20 years old, but, you know, He's starting to grow a little bit more and he's getting a lot more confident with the game. I, I fully expect him to have kind of a breakout year, a year that really proves why he was such a high pick. All right. And let's move on to the central division here. So the central division has the wings. Let's just highlight that. That's probably gonna be the only positive thing I have to say about the wings this year. Other than the fact that, like I said, I appreciate them naming Dylan Larkin as captain. So my top four for the central, I have the Tampa Bay lightning winning this, um, they're still pretty much the same team from last year. They ditched a couple of contracts for cap reasons, but other than that, they're a really well-balanced team regardless of their cap situations. Their stud Nikita Kucherov is out for the regular season, but he's projected to be back towards like the very end, if not the first round of playoffs with a hip injury. He had surgery before the season started. He should recover, and I mean, Christ, like them fixing a hip is his hip is probably going to make him more proficient, which is honestly scary because he's unbelievable. Next up, I have the Hurricanes. Personally, I don't like the, the Carolina Hurricanes. I I mean, they're a very good team, but I don't like their franchise. I don't have too much respect for them. But I do think that I do recognize their talent. They are very good, uh, that's why I put them in second. Third, we have the Stars. The Stars were the other team in the Stanley Cup well, or the Stanley Cup Finals last year. You know, it's kind of weird to have the Stanley Cup winner versus the Stanley Cup runner up in the same division. Uh, very, uh, I'm very excited to see the eight games played between these two teams this year. However, I don't know if the Stars really have that same kind of gusto they had uh, last time, especially with no fans in their buildings. I don't know if they're going to have the kind of emotional weight to kind of carry themselves through another year. I think they're kind of banged up. They're definitely pretty sore. Tyler Sagan's going to be out for a long time, so I think that's going to be a factor. My surprise fourth overall team here is the Blue Jackets. For whatever reason, John Tortorella just has a fanta- does a fantastic job of getting his team fired up and ready to play. You know he does play he does coach like a bit of an asshole. However, that assholeness seems to be working, and if it isn't broken, don't change don't it. P- I think yeah, that don't fix it. He's gonna keep he's gonna keep moving on. And I think the Blue Jackets are just one of those teams that play such a intense game of hockey. They're gonna they're gonna find their way into the playoffs. My barely missed team this year is going to be the National Predators. I think they have a breakout year compared to last year, but I still think they're a team a little bit without an identity. I'm trading away PK Subban, even though it was probably maybe the right term, right, right idea long term. I'm not sure if it was the smartest move at the time. You know, he brought a certain level of grit and a certain level of personality to that team that I don't know if they've seen since. Um, you know, I think that they're still a little bit ways away from being contenders again, but I do think they make the playoffs. And let's round things off with the Western Conference. Or, geez, Western Division. The Western Division is by far the worst this year. I'm really not too impressed with this. I think the Avs walk away with this handedly. Knights going kind to of come a close second. Blues a close third. Coyotes are probably the best other team there. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. You know, the expectations to the Coyotes have been kind of high and they've kind of dropped the ball. But uh, I guess we'll see. My barely missed team for the Western Division is going to be the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> Honestly, I think this pick might be a little bit biased. I've seen Juravzegris and the American World Cup Championship team; like, they was just so good. Like, yeah, he's on the Ducks; they have to be good with him being there. I think. All right, so I'm just gonna roll through my my predictions for the rest of the playoffs here. So, that round two, that's going to be in the North Division. I have the Leafs versus the Oilers. In the East Division, winning, I have the Caps versus the Bruins. Central, Tampa versus the Canes. West, the Az versus the Knights. So, when you reseed after all that, I have Tampa winning. I have the Avalanche winning. I have the Caps winning. I have the Leafs winning. So, my Stanley Cup semifinals, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I have – Colorado Avalanche versus the Washington Capitals. My Stanley Cup game, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Colorado Avalanche. And my overall 2021 Stanley Cup Championship prediction is the Avalanche in seven games. Josh, I know wow. I kind of dumped a lot out there. Um,. Do you have anything to add there? So I know you, Josh. Everyone is becoming a hockey fan this year. That was his New Year's resolution. It is January. He's he, by the end of the year, he's going to be the biggest hockey guy. So anticipate a little bit more, you know, out of Josh on a hockey front as as we move on here. You know, he's he's learning. He's becoming one of us.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely really, really, really looking forward to expanding. Uh, my knowledge and my passion for the game of hockey. Surprisingly, I did play it growing up when I was younger. Um, I know I might not uh, have the prototypical build
0: and uh Well, you're probably better the, your roommate Gunner. I mean, I heard he's he's kind of trash. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on that. I'll
1: leave I'll, I'll leave uh, I'll leave that up for the three of us to decide if he ever chooses to come on here, which we would obviously love to have him on here. Looking forward to the NHL season. All I care is that the Red Wings suck. Um, What Stevie Y needs is draft picks. And if by some miracle we can get the number one overall pick this year, I would love that. I'm not too, uh, too knowledgeable when it comes to NFL draft or I'm sorry, NHL draft picks and who is uh, at the top of the draft board for this year's draft.
0: I mean, with All the season just starting, I think we're, we're pretty good long away from, away from that. So we don't really need to worry too much. Uh, Josh. So, you know, we kind of talked a lot about a lot tonight. I kind of want to put a nice bow on, on this. I'm going to leave everybody with my absolute 1000%. There's no way this bet loses a hundred percent lock of the week. You know, you know, responsibly. And I mentioned it earlier, but it's the Moneyline Bills parlayed with the Moneyline Saints. There's no way this bet loses. The overall odds of that are plus 174. I'm taking it and I'm running to the fucking bank. Let's go. Uh, I know you gave your parlay as your lock of the week, but Josh, is there one team this weekend that you think just absolutely wins. Just there's no chance there's no chance for any other team. This is the one team you're putting the whole barn on, the whole mortgage, betting the whole family. What do you got, Josh? Give me your absolute one hundred percent guaranteed, you know, responsibly. Bet of the week.
1: My responsible guarantee. God, there's so many good games to choose from. Oh, what am I feeling right now? Oh. <laughs> I'm going you know what as much as I hate to do this and you know you may not like me for this but I'm going to go with Green Bay money line and the over under in that game I Whoa. know I know I know it that hurts you Trevor it I does. know it hurts and it hurts me as a Lions fan too but I I, I can't I cannot continue to ignore the things that Aaron Rodgers is doing this year, especially after the Green Bay Packers disrespectfully drafted a quarterback in the first round,
0: you're not wrong, Josh. I absolutely respect that too. I mean, I don't, I don't love it. I don't like it. I kind of hate it, but that doesn't mean I don't respect it. All right, everybody. Well, you know, that's our show for for today. That's our show for this week. We are very excited to keep doing this moving forward. Here. Can't wait to see how long we were next time we all talk. Josh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, buddy. Stay safe. Have fun. Hopefully, we can win some money. And everybody else, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Motor City Bets podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at Motor City Bets.